there, it's Angela, and I'm so glad you found your way here to architecting. Creative careers can be stressful, and it's hard to be vulnerable, but this is your landing pad for raw honesty. I'll help you get clarity, reconnect with your passion, and have the career of your dreams. If you're ready to make a difference, have an impact, and say bye-bye to burnout, stick with me, and let's get architecting. Hey there, bright lights, it's Angela. While we're on the topic, didn't you ever wonder why I always start every show welcoming you as bright lights? Well, it comes from my belief that if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you feel a deep calling to make a difference. Your job is not just work you do for pay. It's something you do because it's a deep vocation. You feel called to do this stuff. And you love knowing that your work has impact. However, you're probably also stressed out, overwhelmed, burned out, constantly dealing with imposter syndrome, questioning yourself, constantly battling what you feel is adversity coming from all fronts, whether it's industry trends, the economy, risk adversity on the part of clients, internal politics in a firm, issues with consultants, whatever it is. And trust me, I know, because I have been a practicing architect for many, many years now and have experienced the good, bad, and ugly of practice. But I also know that it doesn't have to be a struggle, that you really can cut through all of the BS that so much of us just accept as the status quo every day and put your career on a different path, have a different alignment to the work you're doing, and start feeling better about yourself, better about your professional relationships, and because how you do anything is how you do everything. Start seeing a transformation in your personal life too, where you really do get to go through the day as a joy seeker, savor the moments, be your most creative self, and truly have success on your own terms. And that is what I absolutely take a stand for, is that idea of stressless success. So today, I wanted to explore why we outsource our power. If we got all this power, if we got all this passion and all this potential, why are we dimming that bright light? And a lot of times it does come down to confidence because people don't always feel comfortable in the presence of somebody who is outspoken. They don't know how to relate to you. You maybe feel too intense, scary even. Not everybody is ready for big thinkers. A lot of people want to play it safe, want to do what they know works. So when you show up with big ideas, the easiest, most comfortable thing for them to do is to shut them down. One of the easiest ways to hold back a strong person is to suppress them, 
to teach them to limit themselves and make them believe that you're simultaneously too much and not enough. I mean, seriously, so many times the story might be different, but it boils down to some version of you saying, I feel like I am constantly being made wrong, that I am too much and not enough at the same time. And that is painful and it is confusing and it is a no-win situation. We feel wrong for being too big, too intense, too powerful, but at the same time, everyone is going to point out all the ways we don't measure up and we're inadequate. And it's this game that we feel like we can't win. And you know what? As long as you are playing that game of people-pleasing, you will never win. How pleased someone is with you depends, first of all, on whether they like you or not, which you have no control over. But even with people that like you, how they feel about you in the moment is situational. It's totally about what they are going through in the moment, who's challenged them, where they do and don't feel safe, and whether or not something you represent in that particular situation is triggering for them. An example that I've experienced years ago, trying to take on more leadership roles and implement systems and practices around research and around how we were going to approach projects. And people who were used to doing things the old way, they didn't feel comfortable going to a meeting without having drawings. They didn't feel comfortable facilitating conversations, leading user groups through exercises. They would rather look at the situation, propose some solutions, and then get reaction to it. That was their old way of working. It was really easy to either ignore what I was putting out there and just say, mm, yeah, I'm not doing that or to be in resistance the whole time, only to kind of stand back and watch it fail and say, see, I told you this wouldn't work. Back then, my reaction to that was to push back double hard, right? Because I was so invested in the solution. I was so passionate about it. And while it wasn't that I didn't want to hear comments or adjust or adapt things. It was more that I wanted support and buy-in and energy so this could keep evolving and co-creating. And I was so convinced that the old way was not going to get us to the next level. I probably didn't come across as sensitive to what the old way meant to my colleagues. It felt like I was being rejected and in a situation like that, you really can feel like you have two choices. Blow it up, walk away, quit, or you can outsource your power. You can stand down, which we do a lot because the consequence of blowing it up is maybe one that we really can't afford to face. Either way, we're giving up our power. Our power to have influence by walking away or our power to be seen and heard and respected 
what people are most resisting in us is the thing that they're most afraid of in themselves. And it can make you feel like you don't belong or you're not acceptable. And then we want to hide. If you haven't been to my YouTube channel, go check it out. It is at Architecting Podcast. I will also put a link in the show notes. I've been playing around with this topic since the podcast started. It really is foundational to why I wanted to do a podcast and build a community was because I feel that we hold ourselves back because we outsource our power. In the YouTube community, because I can put all kinds of video content up there, you can also find these fun little shorts that I do from time to time that promote different episodes. I kind of do it as a dialogue, an internal dialogue between what I think of is the two sides we all have. Gray Cloud is the version of us that has just been beaten down by trying to please everybody that is exhausted, that has a lot of things to complain about, but feels like a victim. Doesn't really see that path to how they have the agency to change. Bright light is our true self. It's the part of us that was born to shine. I had a lot of fun as I put these together, kind of having that dialogue. Gray cloud comes in strong with the things that are in all of our heads that rattle around. 97% of our thoughts every day are repetitive. They're the same four or five thoughts that just keep cycling. That's your inner gray cloud. Bright light, though, is flipping the script on all of that, going, hmm, is it really that way? So if you haven't seen these shorts, head on over to YouTube and check out the Architecting Podcast channel. These are a really fun way to surface these negative thoughts that we all have. Trust me, we are writing a story that doesn't have to happen because we're the authors and we make the plot. When we let those thoughts go unchecked, they affect our energy. They affect our attitude. You could be having a really crappy day and then have a meeting where somebody pays you a huge compliment, really sincerely expresses how grateful they are that you're doing what you're doing or calls out something you've achieved or a difference they've made or shares something positive that they've heard about you. And it turns your whole day around, right? So you might have been exhausted and had a headache and felt like crap all day. And you have this one positive encounter and all of a sudden you can move mountains. You feel amazing. You feel charged up. You feel energized. On the flip side, you can be having a good day and have a negative encounter and it just takes the wind completely out of your sails, makes you feel worthless. And as human beings, part of our Hardwiring is to prioritize the negative over the positive, and it's a survival skill. What's going to kill you are the threats in your environment. Fast forward to modern life where we maybe don't live in a world where there's so many physical threats, but there is a real lack of psychological safety. 
And the body does not know the difference between physical danger and psychological danger. So when we don't think we're going to be accepted or we're worried about failing or looking stupid or being too presumptuous, we do things to keep ourselves safe. We do things that don't feed our soul, are not aligned with our purpose. We suppress our dreams. We make ourselves feel wrong and dumb and stupid. We're embarrassed to even say what they are because we think someone would laugh at us and say, who are you to think that? We don't do the things that truly bring meaning to our life. I have done a couple of episodes very specifically on burnout, including one called The Dirty Little Secrets of Burnout that you might want to check out, that really unpacks that being burned out has nothing to do with the hours you work. It has everything to do with how supported you feel, how meaningful the work you do is, and how much stress you are experiencing. That is what creates burnout. So when you're doing work you love, when you feel like it's making a difference, you have infinite amounts of energy. You are in this creative, resourced zone where you're not afraid to ask for what you need because you feel confident that your needs will be met. You are able to indulge in multiple interests, multiple passions, because you see how they all build a through line and help inspire your work. You have healthy relationships. You're getting enough rest. You can actually ask what if more often. Be more curious about things and less triggered and less defensive. That's what happens when. We don't outsource our power and we don't worry about what's going on with other people. We stay in our lane doing what we know we're meant to do and we take the risks and we course correct when we fail and we don't view failure as a sign we're doing the wrong thing. We view our success as inevitable. That keeps us energized. That allows us to meet with critics and skeptics and not let them be an outward expression of that gray cloud inner monologue that's telling us we can't. So I want to challenge you right now to become a lot more conscious of that inner critic and start noticing how the people around you are mirroring that same inner critic voice Every day, when you get up, don't start your day in chaos. Start your day calm and in control. I share how to do this in my book, Time Builder, and I give you a whole blueprint for how to restack your day. But what's important is that you have a ritual that gets you in control instead of feeling like you're a victim to the rush to get out the door do some journaling. And I like to do free writing where I give myself a prompt and then I just write and I don't really worry about the grammar or whether it's making sense or what it would sound like if somebody else read it because no one else is going to read it. 
The purpose of the journal is just to help clarify your thoughts. The prompt is, what would it be really fun to do today? And that is not a question, especially as adults, that we ask ourselves very much, maybe ever. Think about what would be fun, what you get to do versus what you have to do. Think about how you're going to make fun a priority. Think about how you're going to take the thing that is the most difficult that you have to deal with and make it fun. How could you do it differently? Could you break it up into pieces and assign different pieces to different people and kind of do a mix and match brainstorming session? Could you look at it through the lens of a celebrity or a historical figure? What would be their take? What would be their approach? Could you start to create an ideal client description and think about how an ideal client would receive the thing you want to work on? What would that look like? How could that be really fun? And in doing that, you will start to get a lot more clarity about what you really want because so many of us have been so fearful of not being accepted for what we really want to do that we have suppressed it. So we have to do some work to build that back up. And when we build that back up, when we get that clarity on what would really be fun, we start to get much more tuned into our individual preferences. Starts to really become a North Star guiding how we want to take our careers, how we want to balance work and life, what our priorities should be. Instead of just playing it safe or doing what we think is easy, we start doing the things that are really heart-led, the things we really want to do. And once you have that clarity, notice all the ways that your thinking mind, your gray cloud, is going to tell your bright light why that isn't going to work, why you can't do that, what you need to worry about, who's going to be unhappy with you if you do this, that, or the other thing. Really, really get in touch with that. And then answer the gray cloud from the place of your higher self, from the place of the bright light, and give the bright light permission to shine. And you can start small. It might just be giving yourself a non-negotiable hour to do some research or some work on something that you're really interested in developing, doing some networking on social media. Commit to that play. Commit to that thing that would be fun. Commit to building energy around that. And notice then how the people around you react when you share it with them. Notice whether they are resonating with your bright light by having the courage to really claim what you love and what you want. You're helping to inspire them too. Imagine what it would feel like if your baseline assumption was that everyone you interact with today is delighted to be able to work with you. 
unless somebody brings a problem to your attention, you should be expecting that they like your ideas, that they want to hear more. It's up to them to tell you if they don't. And if they don't, then yeah, you can go have that conversation. But how different does that feel from your baseline being that you don't have the psychological safety, that you are being judged, that if someone doesn't like something, that that means that they don't like you. It's a very different place and it's a very transformative place. Your power is on and you are the one who controls the light switch. You are not outsourcing it to anyone else. That's what we take a stand for in the architecting community. Join me on Instagram or LinkedIn page. Share your own stories. This is your safe space to play, to test ideas, to clap each other up and not be stuck in the problems, in the doubt, in the fear. Tell a friend, bring them into this community, be accountability partners for one another to have fun every day, to shine your bright light, to meet resistance with curiosity instead of fear, to never ever be willing to dim your light. I love you all so much and I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want even more content, head on over to architectingpodcast.com and subscribe to my newsletter and get some great free downloads while you're there. Be sure to follow me on social media on Instagram at Architecting Podcast, Facebook and LinkedIn pages are Architecting, and the YouTube channel Architecting Podcast. Stay inspired. <laughs>